Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Teen Critic. My name is Liam. This is the third episode of my podcast. Today, we are doing sort of a sporadic, all-over-the-place episode. We're doing two movie reviews, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, the second Knives Out movie, and White Noise, based on the Don DeLillo book, which are both currently streaming on Netflix. So I suggest you go and watch those before you listen to that segment of the podcast. Um, We also are doing Most Anticipated Movies of 2023, And my Golden Globes predictions for who's going to win, which will be the day after this podcast comes out, the 10th of January. So, stick around. Um. Today we will be going slightly deep into spoilers for Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. And deep, 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 deep into spoilers for white noise on both of movies on streaming on Netflix. So, if you don't want to be spoiled for both movies or you haven't checked them out yet, I suggest you skip ahead about 5 minutes and 15 seconds to avoid the spoilers. Knives Out and its sequel Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery are almost twins and solar opposites at the exact same time. Both of them are directed by Ryan Johnson, star Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, and present the detective with the mystery. A murder mystery, that is. On the other hand, the setting of the first film was a Massachusetts mansion in the fall, where the new film takes place on a Greek island in the summer. The film's introduction to our detective is when Blanc sits in his bathtub, donning a black fez and a cigar. He plays Among Us with Stephen Sondheim, Angela Lansbury, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Natasha Lyonne. Crazy cameos for the first ten minutes of the movie. He receives an invitation, as well as Bertie, a washed-up model who is now an entrepreneur who says stupid things on Twitter most of the time, and Peg, her assistant, Claire, the governor of Connecticut, played by Catherine Hahn, Bertie is played by Kate Hudson, Duke, who has found fame from a successful Twitch streaming career, as well as his girlfriend, Whiskey, played by Madeline Klein. A scientist named Lionel, played by Leslie Odom Jr., and Cassandra Brand, played by Janelle Monet. They are invited to a party hosted by Miles Braun, Edward Norton, who is a billionaire and used to be Cassandra's business partner before firing her and taking over her company. All around, he's kind of a schmuck. The opening twist of the movie is Miles' theme for his party, a la Agatha Christie's A Murder is Announced, which came out in 1950. The theme of the party is Miles' murder. Not his real murder, but a game he has set up for his guests. The difference in this one has to be the signature whiplash of his of Ryan's riding. We get flashbacks, red herring, switchbacks, and pretty much every other kind of twist possible. The title goes multiple ways. Most literally, there is an actual glass onion on Miles' island. It shines and dazzles. Second, the Beatles song, Glass Onion, is played in the credits. Third, And most important, the mystery is a glass onion. To paraphrase Blanc himself, you can peel back the layers, but the center is in plain sight. As for the climax, I will not spoil it, but as I do suggest you watch the movie on Netflix right now. All I can say is that in the vein of the menu, it focuses on taking down the rich and their obsession with showing how rich they are. Glass Onion is a really solid movie, and I give it a 4.5 out of five stars. 
Jack Gladney, played by Adam Driver, is the chairman and founder of the Hitler Study Program at College on the Hill, and he's taking German lessons. He mentions to his instructor that he makes sure all of his students take at least a year of German, and he doesn't even know the language himself. The character also struggles with an obsession about death. He is the lead of Noah Baumbach's new film, White Noise, based on the book of the same name by Don DeLillo. White Noise is one of my favorite books of all time, so yeah, I was really excited to see what Baumbach did with it, and I was whelmed. It's good. Baumbach pushes us into this family that are busier than most. Jack and his wife Babette, played by Greta Gerwig, not only have one child of their own, but three from their past marriages. Jack has two, Steffi and Heinrich, and Babette has one. Who, Steffi and Heinrich are played by real-life siblings May and Sam Nivola. If you like well-choreographed, smoothly-shot walking scenes, you will love the first 15 minutes of White Noise. But like the book, the simplicity of life derails. And Babette's addiction to a drug known as Dilar, or the air or the airborne toxic event that covers the town like a spaceship and throws everyone in panic, including the Gladneys. This continues the trend of directors making Spielberg-failing movies, starting with Jordan Peele and Nope. It's perfect for the weirdness of the movie, but the headiness is where normal Bombok kicks in because the event ends surprisingly quickly and turns into a story about fear of death and loss. Babette, Greta Gerwig's character, gets addicted to Dilar because she's so scared of death. It's, it has such an interesting meaning and focus, and, and it interests me. I, I, I love this book because of how interesting it is, and a lot of the dialogue is ripped straight from the book, like word for word from the book. There are, of course, some changes, as go with any movie based on a book, but it stays incredibly faithful to the original text. If you ever grow impatient with this movie, stick with it for the end credits. I won't spoil it, so you have to go watch it both for watch it for yourself. Both Glass Onion and White Noise are currently streaming on Netflix. Next, we're doing most anticipated movies of 2023. <laughs> So we're back. We had a quick little break. Um, I hope you enjoyed my little movie review I gave there for you. But today, or right now, we'll be doing our most anticipated movies of 2023. So I have 10 movies here, but I also have five honorable mentions that I just wanted to throw out there. Just because these are some movies that weren't able to make it on the list, but if I had a little bit more space and I didn't have to cut the list up a little bit, they definitely would have had that spot and that placement on the list. So my number or or my first honorable mention is Renfield. The trailer for Renfield just came out. Um, Universal is returning to the realm of Universal Monsters in 2023 with Renfield, a film following Dracula's henchmen. Nicholas Holt stars as Renfield, while Nick Cage plays Dracula. Um, Renfield comes from the Lego Batman movie director Chris McKay. And uh, it has a fun supporting cast uh, with Aquafina and Ben Schwartz. Um, I'm very excited to see the movie. Uh, It's titled a horror comedy, but I think it'll also be a horror comedy romance because... 
The movie follows Renfield as he tries to quit working for Dracula to pursue his love. This movie will release in theaters on April 14th, 2023. I was surprised by Nicholas Holt's performance in The Menu, and I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Next up on the list, we have 65. This is a completely separate universe story. This has no, is not connected to any other properties, which is surprising for such an interesting blockbuster movie to have. Because I've noticed that a lot of blockbuster movies are based off of a property. 65 is a 2023 movie that comes from Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who uh, wrote the first Quiet Place movie. It stars Adam Driver as an astronaut who crash lands on a prehistoric Earth and fights dinosaurs for survival. Um, it's a horror movie, um, and it, I think it'll really utilize dinosaurs um, as a scary creature. The cast also features Ariana Greenblatt and C- Chloe Coleman as part of the cast. And Greenblatt will be playing a surviving passenger from Driver's shri- Ship. It looks like a great franchise um i'm excited to see sort of what it does with it and i'll definitely be going and seeing this one in theaters on march 10th 2023 next up on the list we have aquaman and the lost kingdom this is my this is my number uh this is this is my third honorable mention um jason moa is turning back is returning as what seems to be his final performance as Aquaman. This will also be the last movie in this franchise. Um, in the uh, the DC Extended Universe, because now that James Gunn is is a hold of the DC Universe, he is completely scrapping it and changing it. So the movies are The Flash, and then this, and then that's the end of the universe. Um, or this this universe with like Shazam and Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck as Batman. The only reason why it's on here is because of that. I'm excited to see how they close off this universe. Um, Jason Mo, uh, James Wan is directing the sequel again. It's been delayed several times, resulting in some creative challenges. Um, Aquaman 2 falls Arthur Curry and Ocean Master, played by Patrick Wilson, during an unexpected team-up while Black Manta, played by... Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, King Neris, Dolph Lundgren, El- At- uh, uh, Al- oh, sorry. Atlanta, <laughs> I'm so sorry, hard names, Atlanta, played by Nicole Kidman, and Tom Curry, Tamora Merson, also return. This movie is scheduled to feature cameo from either Ben Affleck or Mike Keaton as Batman, um, and Amber Heard as Mara has been reduced and um her 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 part in the movie has either been reduced or cut we don't know yet um it releases december 25th 2023 in theaters uh it's a christmas day movie next up on my most anticipated we have knock at the cabin this movie is really going to come out recent um in less than a month when i'm recording this episode um so it's gonna. I'm very excited for it. It's the latest thriller from M Night Shyamalan. Um, it's gonna be varied. It depends on M Night Shyamalan because sometimes 
He makes good movies. Sometimes he makes bad movies. I really hope that he does a good job with this one and that it doesn't flop. Um, the movie follows a family who is taken hostage during a vacation by strangers believing that one of the parents must die to prevent the apocalypse. Dave Batista leads the group um, with with uh, Rupert Grint star uh, co-starring. Um, Rupert Grint plays Ron Weasley or played Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Ben Aldridge and Jonathan Groff play the parents of a young girl, the two parents who must die. M. Night Ch- uh, this is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. The only reason it didn't make it on the list is because there wasn't enough space. Um, I'm very, very excited to see it when it comes out. And uh, I think it comes out on February 3rd in theaters. Um, it's based off of a book. So, M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. Now, let's get to my list here. Um, I got a list. I, uh, I took a long time cutting it because I had a longer list. But this is my official top 10 movies of 2023, most anticipated. Okay. Number 10, this one I kind of put on for um, jokes, for laughs sake. Um, But this is the Super Mario Bros. movie at number 10. One of the most iconic video game characters is coming to the big screen with Illumination's animated Super Mario Bros. movie. If you don't know what Illumination is, they created the Minions um, and also The Secret Life of Pets. So they're, they're a pretty big studio. They're owned by Universal. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by Minions The Rise of Gru, which is their most recent film. So I hope this one's really good. Um, the movie's development has mostly been overshadowed by Chris Pratt as Mario. But the rest of the film and the footage is really, really exciting. Um, from what I've seen from the trailers, it looks really good and actually looks kind of funny. Um, it has an awesome voice cast. Jack Black as Bowser, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Um, this movie has plenty of iconic elements from the game and seems to just sort of, you know, combine the world and hopefully it'll be Illumination's next big franchise so they can stop making Minions movies after Despicable Me 3. The Super Mario movie, Super Mario Brothers movie releases April 7th, 2003 in theaters. You should go see it so that they can make a second one. Now, here are my two, uh, these are my, what I'll call my two Oscar buzz movies. Um, I have a third one later on the list, but that one's more of like a blockbuster Oscar buzz. These ones are just pure Oscar buzz movies. So at number nine, we have Maestro. Following the an impressive directorial, directorial debut with 2018's A Star is Born, <clears throat> uh, Bradley Cooper has returned to be behind and in front of the camera for Maestro. He plays composer Leonard Bernstein and his rom- romance with Felice. Uh, it is... Follows legendary composer Leonard Bernstein, played by Bradley Cooper, and his romance with Felicia Montilgray, played by Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Maestro was initially developing as a film by Spielberg, but the director was but the director passed the movie off to Cooper. Um, with a supporting cast that includes Maya Hawke from Stranger Things, the biopic has all the potential to give Bradley Cooper another Best Picture Oscar-nominated movie. Uh, Maestro does not have an official release date, but it has scheduled to release in 2023 in theaters. 
At number eight, we have my second Oscar buzz movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. Legendary director Martin Scorsese returns with the movie in 2023 with a long-awaited adaptation of Killers of the Flower Moon. The book is an adaptation of David Grain's novel, which follows a murder mis- murder investigation in the uh, 1920s, and it has been in development for <clears throat> six years, ever since 2017, with Martin Scorsese. So he, this movie has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So knock on wood, hopefully it does not uh, is not pushed back another year. It stars Jesse Plemons as the lead detective with. Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, John Lithgow, and Brendan Fraser, all also a part of the cast. Um, any new Martin Scorsese movies, obviously worth getting excited for. Um, and Apple TV is hoping for Killers of the Flower Moon to be a big Oscars contender, and so am I. Whenever it releases in 2023 on Apple TV. Number seven, we have a pretty exciting movie, in my opinion. Uh, this is Barbie. 2023 could become Barbie's world. <laughs> that was a pretty funny joke. Thanks to the release of Warner Brothers' Barbie movie, the film stars Margot Robbie as the iconic Mattel doll, and it's directed and, uh, by Greta Gerwig, who most recently stars as Babette in White Noise, and wrote Little Women as well as Lady Bird, I believe, is a Greta Gerwig movie. One second. Um... Yes, so uh, it not only um, not only has Greta Gerwig di- is a great actor, she also has directed some great films like Little Women and Lady Bird. She also co-wrote the script with her husband Noah Baumbach, who directed White Noise, Marriage Story, and some other films as well. Barbie co-stars Ryan Gosling with Ken and a incredible supporting cast of Will Ferrell, Simu Lee, Kate McKinnon, Issa Rae, and more. The individuals bring some of Hollywood's biggest talent together uh, for a film about Barbie interacting with the real world. I think she'll be coming to the real world, and it'll be very exciting. I'm very excited to see it. Um, With colorful costumes and sets and a very obviously unique story, Barbie could be a huge surprise when it comes to theaters July 21st, 2023. So... Now we're getting to number six. This is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Harrison Ford returns one last time as Indiana Jones for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Steven Spielberg is not returning to direct the movie with James Mangold taking control instead. Sir, set in the 1960s, Indiana Jones 5 will once again pit famous archaeologists against Nazis in an attempt to save the world. The new cast members include Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Indy's god... Uh, as Indy's godmother or goddaughter Helena, Mads Mikkelsen, Boyd Holbrook, Antonio Banderas, Toby Jones, and others. Indiana Jones looks to be an action-packed finale for Ford, who will be sent to also be de-aged digitally. The June 30th, 2023, in theaters release could be precisely the type of send-off audiences wanted back in 2003 with Crystal Skull. I'm a fan of the first three Indiana Jones movies, not so much on Crystal Skull, so I'm very excited to see what James Mangold does with this movie. He's directed Logan and Ford vs. Ferraris and Walk the Line. So, very excited to see Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny when it comes to theaters June 30th, 2023. 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Kicking off the top five section of our most anticipated movies is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It has the makings to be a very special entry in the MCU. James Gunn returns to Ryan direct the trilogy caper, but he has described this as a conclusion for this iteration of the Guardians. It's also the conclusion of him working with Marvel now that he is running DC. Um, I'm sure he'll come and, and play uh, and, and be still in at least involved in the DC Universe, but this will be the last Guardian send-off. I think it will be the end of the Guardians era with Chris Pratt, Zoe Solanda, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Karen Gillian, Palm Clematif, and Sean Gunn all returning. Um, Zoe Solanda's coming back as Gamora after her death in Avengers Infinity War. It will also introduce Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter, and High Evolutionary, played by Chuck Woody Iju- Ivuji. The movie has been hyped as an emotional finale for the trilogy, which means most likely people dying. It will be released in theaters May 5th, 2023. Number four, we have Oppenheimer. New Christopher Nolan movies are always events, and Oppenheimer will be no different for 2023. The movie follows the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was largely responsible for creating the bomb, atomic bomb. Cillian Murphy stars as J. Robert Oppenheimer, and he's surrounded by a cast of Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, and many more. Nolan historic thriller is the first black and white IMAX movie ever made, although portions of the film will also be in color. Oppenheimer could finally be the movie to give Christopher Nolan his Best Director or Best Picture nomination after the film's July 21st, 2023 release. I love Christopher Nolan. I love his Batman movies. And I'm very excited to see what he does with Oppenheimer in theaters. So here are the top three. These are the cream of the crop, most excited, most anticipated movies of the year. I'm very excited to unveil mine. So let's get a little drum roll. Let's get a little... Number three, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is the highest Marvel movie on the most anticipated list. And it's not an MCU movie. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is finally continuing Miles Morales' story after five years since the first movie came out in theaters. The sequel to Sony's surprise multiverse Oscar-winning hit, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse once again has Miles, played by Shameik Moore, Spider-Gwen, played by Haley Seinfeld, and Peter Parker, played by Jake Johnson. The film pits them against other Spider-Men. Presumably led by Spider-Man 2099, played by Oscar Isaacs, due to some incident. The appeal of Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse comes from the unique art style that they are bringing back from the first movie. I've noticed this art style has come up in some movies recently, like that DreamWorks has been doing, like Puss in Boots 2 and The Bad Guys, where it looks a little bit like a comic book. As well as the terrific story of Miles, it continues June second, twenty twenty third. So if you're a little bored during the during the summer and you don't have a movie to go see, I suggest you go see Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. I think it's going to be incredible. Top two guys, this is it. This is my top two of twenty twenty two. Top number two, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Previously on the most uh uh previously one of my most anticipated movies of 2022. Uh, it's difficult not to put this movie 
2023, 2023's top spot. The film, once again, is directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who helmed the last two entries and brings uh, <clears throat> Tom Cruise back to the agent Ethan Hunt. It's a combination of these two men have proven to be incredibly thrilling in the past as their partnership has taken the Mission Impossible franchise to new heights. Wink. I just I just winked, but you guys can't see it because it's a podcast. They have not only managed to elevate the core story and make Ethan a richer character there, but their efforts to push the limits and pull off new unbelievable stunts continues to astonish. I mean, hear me out. Like, Tom Cruise is crazy, man. He's ma- He's going to space to make a movie. He's literally going to space. This is not okay. I don't think I don't think we should let this man like make movies anymore cuz he is just like risking his health for us and I'm living for it. I like it. I'm excited. Uh, Mission Impossible 2 Dead Reckoning Part 1 cuz it's a two-part film. Uh will most likely be one of the most exciting blockbusters of this year. The film brings back Vanessa Ferguson as uh, Rebecca Ferguson as Elsa Faust. Faust, <clears throat> Vanessa Kirby as White Widow, Simon Pegg as Benji Dunn, and Ving Grames as Luther. Mission Impossible 7 also brings back Henry Sersny as Kittredge, Ethan's former IMF boss. It's a thrilling new cast of members. Haley Atwell, Palm Kip, Clematif, sorry, is I see Morales, Carrie Elwes, Indria, Varma, and more. With the sequel's cliffhanger ending setting up Mission Impossible 8, this could be Special entry, once it releases in theaters, July 14th, 2023. And now we're getting to my top movie. I wrote three paragraphs about how excited I am about this movie. You guys can't fathom how cool this movie is going to be. And I haven't read the book yet, so that might be a little a little hint for you. I haven't read the book at all. So, number one of the year my most anticipated movie of 2023 is dune part two dune part two is my most anticipated movie of 2023 it's a follow-up to uh 2021's dune it was always a part of the plan to adapt frank herbert's novel novel dennis the director always wanted to split the science fiction book into two parts because it's very thick and very dense Dune 2 sets up Paul's Paul Atreides as he starts his new life with the Freeman. It's a perfect uh, way, a perfect time to split the two books. The original film silenced all doubters about Dennis's ability to bring the world to life and make the action and politics in, uh, exciting. Dune 2 should feature even more of both elements with Timothy Chalamet's Paul characters, as well as Zendaya's Shani character getting a bigger role. There's little reason to doubt that Dennis will not pull off a similarly excellent-looking, sounding, and executed adventure on Arrakis. Dune 2 includes more exciting cast members, such as a returning cast member includes more returning cast members and characters with Rebecca Ferguson's Lady Jessica, Javier Bardem Silgar, Josh uh, Brolin's Gurney, Stellan Skarsgård's Baron Harkonnen, Dave Bautista, Charlotte Rampling's Ramplings, and Stephen McKinley. The sequel also brings several exciting new actors into the mix, which I'm very, very excited for, such as Florence Pugh as Princess Aurelian, Austin Butler coming straight off of a Golden Globe nomination, get to that in a little bit, for Elvis, Lee Sado's Lady uh, Lady Margaret, and Christopher Walken's em- Emperor 
Saddam the four the the fourth. Then Dune Two has high expectations after the first movie success, but there is an incredible amount of talent involved in front of the camera. Uh, Dennis has began to tease a desire to make a third movie because he is a lifetime fan of this work. The passion involved has helped ensure book readers will be pleased and make sure makes changes where necessary to make a big screen adaptation work. Unless something goes wrong, and he ends an impressive streak of making memorable science fiction movies, Dune 2 should live up to the height when it releases November 3rd, 2023, in theaters. And that is my most anticipated list. Next, we're going to be going through my very quick Golden Globe predictions. And then, we will be ending the podcast. So, stick around. See you in a sec. Okay, so this podcast is running a little long, so we're just going to blow right through my Golden Globes predictions. Um, so let me just run you down. We're going to start with drama, and then I'm going to go to best <clears throat> musicals. So let me just run you down on the nominations for best film drama actress. Nominees are Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas for Blonde, and... Olivia Colman for Empire of Light. I have only seen... Actually, I've seen none of the movies on this list. I plan to watch Fablemans the Woman, and The Woman King. But right now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Kate Blanchett will win for Tar. I think that that is, the, that is probably the most likely prediction. Um, I've heard really great things about Kate Blanchett's performance in Tar, even though I haven't seen the movie and don't have any interest in seeing the movie. I've heard that it's very, very good. Um, and that Kate Blanchett is definitely the best part of the movie. Um, and I just don't think it really compares up to anyone else. I think Anna de Armas is an interesting choice to have nominated in this category um, for Blonde after such a flop that Blonde was. But, you know, it's all fine. And I'm very excited to see who wins this year. Now we're going to move on to drama actor. The nominees are Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Austin Butler for Elvis, Bill Nighy for Living, Hugh Jackman for The Sun, and Jeremy Pope for The Inspection. Um, my dad's friend Raul is in The Inspection, um, which is pretty exciting. And um, I had a hard time deciding which movie I wanted to have win, and I wanted to predict would win. And I would like Brendan Fraser to win, and I think he still has an incredibly high chance of winning the Oscar. But because it's the Golden Globes and because he's not going to the Golden Globes, and I just think there's a lot of things between Brendan Fraser and the Golden Globes that I completely understand and that I understand why he's not going, um, I'm going to say Austin Butler is going to win for Elvis as Elvis. Um, I think that Brendan Fraser deserves the win, um, and I think that it's valid, but I do not think he will win at this at at this award seat like at this specific awards i think he will win the oscar i do not think he will win the golden globe elvis is just a much more golden globey movie in my opinion and i think that it'll probably have more recognition for austin butler there i think he will win best film drama actor now we should just get straight to the best drama film nominees are Avatar The Way of Water, The Fablemans, Elvis, Top Gun, Maverick, and Tar. I'm saying The Fablemans will win. Um, I've seen Avatar, Elvis, and Top Gun, Maverick. 
Top Gun, I want to win. It will not win, unfortunately. I, I am almost sure that it will not win. The Fablemans is definitely from everything I'm hearing. I have not seen The Fablemans yet. I really want to watch it, but I've just not had the time and not gotten to the chance to watch it. Um, I really hope The Fablemans win, wins. Um, I think that Steven Spielberg needs a win after what happened with West Side Story. So, yeah, The Fablemans winning. It's very personal movie, and I think it would only be fitting for him to win this very personal movie. Now we're moving on to comedies. This is going to be a little funny. It's going to be a little silly because it's a little bit of comedy, so it's going to be a little filly, silly. I don't know what I was doing there. Best film, comedy, musical actress. Okay. Here are the nominees. Emma Thompson. Good luck to you, Leo Grant. Sorry, let me let me just get a little close to my mic here. <clears throat> Emma Thompson. Good luck to you, Leo Grant. Leslie Manville. Miss Harris Goes to Paris. Margot Robbie, Babylon, Michelle Yao for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Anya Taylor-Joy for The Menu. I think you're going to see a pattern here because I chose Michelle Yao to win because I thought Everything Everything Everywhere All at Once was a great movie, and I think that Michelle Yao win, deserves the award. Um, it's a fire bomb movie. It, like, slaps so hard, um, and it's really, really dope. So I do suggest you go and you watch Everything Everywhere All at Once if you haven't yet. Because it's really funny, like, hilariously funny and super weird. And it's just, like, it's just a Golden Globes movie, you know? It's not a movie that's going to win at the Oscars, but it's a Golden Globes movie. So, let's move on to musical actor, uh, comedy musical actor. So, what I said is the nominees are Colin Farrell for Banshees of Nishirin, Daniel Craig for Glass Onion, Diego Calva for Babylon, Rafe Fiennes for The Menu, and Adam Driver for White Noise. Um, Adam Driver, I'm so proud of you for getting that win or that nomination for White Noise. Um, that's really awesome for you. Uh, Ray Fiennes is really good in the menu. Uh, I watched the menu yesterday, and he was very good in it. Um, I would suggest you go and you watch the menu if you haven't yet. Or two days ago, I watched the menu. So it's on HBO right now. It's really awesome movie. I suggest you go and watch that. And, Col- uh, and I'm going to say that Colin Farrell is going to win for Banshees of Nishiran. I haven't seen Banshees yet. I plan to watch it tomorrow, hopefully, and then give you a review, maybe, if I feel up to the challenge. Um, but I have not seen the movie yet, so I cannot give you my, my review on it and my review on his, his acting in it. But I'm sure that he will win. He's definitely got the most press, and at the actual Oscars, I think he's going to be a big contender for Best Actor. Um, that's all I have to say. So let's move on to Best Supporting Actress and Best Supporting Actor. Um, these ones, so I just watched She Said, like, right before I recorded, actually. It's on Peacock right now, if you have a Peacock account. it's um, It was good. Uh, so Best Film Supporting Actress. The nominees are Carrie Mulligan for She Said, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Ever All at Once, Carrie Condon for Banshee's Been a Sheeran, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Dolly DeLeon for Triangle of Sadness. Um, I'm going to say Jamie Lee Curtis wins. She stapled a sticky note to her head. So good on her. Awesome performance. I liked it a lot. Um, I skipped best film, comedy, or musical. I don't know why I skipped that category. Um, So I guess we'll just go over that too. Glass Onion, uh, Babylon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inishirin, Triangle of Sadness, Everything Everywhere All at Once is what I think is going to win. 
That's all I have to say. I think that that's just most likely to win out of all of them. Um, I love everything every world wants, as I said prior to, and I think the only contender that might beat it is Banshees of Inishirin. But even then, um, everything every world wants, I hope, and I think will win Best Comedy or Musical. <clears throat> Best Film Supporting Actor is Kihoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'll give you the other nominees, though. Brendan Gleeson, Barry Keoghan, Brad Pitt, and Eddie Redmond. Or Barry Keoghan and Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Nishiran. Brad Pitt for Babylon and Eddie Redmond for The Good Nurse. As well as Kihoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think Kihoi Kwan will win. He definitely needs the win so he can come back and keep acting. Because I think he's... A, a, spectacle to see and i really think he's an awesome actor so i really think he deserves this award um so we have three more categories to go over best director best screenplay best animated so best director the nominees are <clears throat> the daniels for everything ever all at once james cameron for avatar the way of water steven spielberg for the fable wins baz lerman for elvis and martin mcdonough for the banshees of Inisherin. I think Steven Spielberg will win. Um, it was pretty valid. That's a pretty valid option. I think it's a pretty safe option. Um, I think that he'll win best drama and then win uh, best director as well. He's uh, he's just really great, and I think that he deserves this award. Now, best screenplay. This one is a hard one too. But three, the five nominees are Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fablemans, Women Talking, Tar, and The Banshees of Inisherin. I think The Banshees of Inisherin will win. Um, Martin McDonough writes a very great script. This movie is based on his play, um, The Banshees of Inisherin. So it's an adapted script, and I think it will probably win Best Adapted as well. Um, that's all. And finally, we're hitting Best Animated Feature. The nominees are Marcel Deschel with the shoes on, Turning Red, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Inu O, and Pinocchio, Del Toro's Pinocchio specifically. <clears throat> yeah, Del Toro's Pinocchio will probably win. Um, as much as I would love Marcel the Show with the Shoes on to win, I just think it's too indie for it to win. Um, and Pinocchio is just, just like also a stop motion film, but probably less like cricky indie stop motion film. So, as much as I would love uh, Marcel to show the shoes on, because it just warmed my heart, and it was really great, I do not think it'll win. I think Pinocchio will beat it. And those are my not those are my predictions for the Golden Globes. <clears throat> Next episode, I will be doing a Golden Globes snubs and surprises coverage of the Golden Globes. So um, if you're if you're excited for that and you want to listen more to the podcast, I suggest you give it a little follow. Um, we're going to go straight into an outro, and then I will see you all next week. And that was episode three of The Teen Critic. If you did enjoy the podcast, I really suggest you give it a little follow and you listen to my past two previous episodes. They'll be right down underneath. Maybe they'll play right afterwards if you don't have another podcast playing afterwards. So um, thank you so much for listening to me talk. Um, I have two episodes coming out next week because I'm doing a, a bonus bonus episodes um, where I cover musicals because that's sort of what I want to do as well. And I want to add that on. So me and my dear friend Monica will be doing Mary Poppins next week. Next Saturday is when the episode will come out. We will be covering the sh- the movie Mary Poppins. We'll be covering the songs, everything we like about it. So um, 
yeah, uh, make sure you check that out. And make sure you check out next Monday. I'm covering the Golden Globes and what my thoughts were on the Golden Globes, the snubs, the surprises, all of the fun stuff, all the good stuff. And, um, and uh, yeah, so thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you give it a little follow. And make sure you follow my letterbox. My letterbox is capital B, capital B, big Pluto. And then you'll see the teen critic. That's me. That's my account. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.